This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Anita Bagwandas, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? I am good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm excellent and really good for seeing you, my friend. You look really well. Thanks. Thanks. I am very tired because I've got one of my like remaining issues I need to fix is um, playing with my phone before bed. So yeah, that is this week's gonna nix that. So I've not had much sleep, but I am excited to be here and chat to you. And you have some brilliant feel-good habits because you are perhaps one of my most prepared guests ever because you actually sent me a voice note yesterday saying, this is what I'm thinking, is this okay, dude? <laughs> which I've never had before, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, I think that is, it, so being that organized and prepared is actually the opposite of how I am, mm-hmm. which is funny and I know we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, for me, if I am organized and prepared for something, then it takes away any anxiety around it because I sort of know what's going to happen and I feel mentally prepared so yeah did all my preparation yesterday (laughs) it's so impressive so uh, listeners who will remember you from your previous appearance will know that you are a writer we met on the beauty circuit way back in the day Um, although you always tell me it's more recent but I feel like I knew you from day dot but you're like no Emma it's like 10 years not 20 but anyway Um, (laughs) and you are currently in the process of becoming an author because you have a book coming out. When is it coming out, Anita? Next May, so May 22. So a little while yet. I am in the process of writing it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put any pressure on, but it is available for pre-order. I think yeah. it is, isn't it? It is, right? okay. it is yeah. Okay. And maybe at the end of the show, you can give a little bit of a pricey about what it's about. But shall we go in straight to your first feel-good habit? Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, my first feel-good habit. So I guess before I talk about this habit, in order to, to for things to make a little bit of sense and a bit of context, um, I have ADHD um, and it's a fairly recent diagnosis for me as well. So I am very much still coming to terms with it and you know what it, what it means for me because I think for everyone with ADHD the well the symptoms the the sort of characteristics are very different for everyone um so it is I guess about working out your own ADHD and I'm going through that process at the moment um so this is you know all very much work in progress this is what's working for me now um but yeah just I guess to talk about that very briefly because it's not something I've really mentioned before it's something I've kept quite private because actually if I'm totally honest that I've had a suspicion something wasn't quite right for a while and I think a lot of people who know me would probably be like oh you're so you know 
disorganized or chaotic but on the flip side of that very creative and you know like these other things that often go alongside ADHD but um to cut a very long story short I actually thought I had dementia for a really long time and I'd sort of been stewing about it and I sort of keep my feelings to myself anyway as a person I'm just sort of like that um and then I do all these like I do a mad flurry of sort of googling and you know can you get dementia in your mid-30s and you know it that sort of thing and it wasn't until I sort of watched a few YouTube videos, saw a few things, read a few things, um, spoke to a few sort of medical experts in my family. And I was like, yeah, I definitely think this is what I've got. Um, I actually watched, there was a TED talk I watched and I, and like I nearly cried. Oh, I did cry, what, like, you know, listening to it. Cause I was like, this is me. This is, this is literally me. This is everything I felt growing up. You know, I, I sort of, because I, I underperformed at school and come from a very academic family and I felt stupid and lazy if, if anyone asked me and this might be quite a shock to people I guess you know me professionally and you know personally um the two things I've always felt are stupid and lazy if you if I had to pick two words that really like got to my core or very like oh there's words that you know kind of like just really really trigger you those would be my two words and then to find out that I had ADHD last year um was what was really quite yeah it sort of made a lot of things make sense it made a lot of my life made sense and that was really really joyful but then on the flip side of that I had a really I mean I'm still I think I'm still really going through it but I had a real period of grief where I just felt so sad for my young self and all the things I'd experienced and all the things that come alongside ADHD um you know things like low self-esteem and just feeling really outside and misunderstood and you know those sorts of things so yeah it's it's to cut a very long story short it's been it's been a definite journey um so yeah my my feel-good habits are quite sort of specific and uh, you know hopefully that will be helpful because you know even if you don't have ADHD um I've I spent so much time looking at ways to sort of hack my own life to make it easier um that I do have a, a real yeah I've got loads of things that really work and I think are probably quite helpful sorry that was such a monologue <laughs> I've stopped now. No, I really appreciate <laughs> it. And AB, I just think that's such a that's such a heavy thing to be carrying around uh, silently, quietly. The the fear of dementia. Like yeah. That, that and I can comp. Ugh, my heart breaks because I can imagine that's just that constant niggle in the back of your mind, worrying, the relief of getting a diagnosis, but equally the challenges that then lay ahead on trying to understand it because it's not. It isn't a cookie cutter diagnosis, is it? It's, it's a very personal, individual, unique, uh, pres it presents differently in everyone. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many things that sort of layer on top of it. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's just so interesting looking back because I can see all the places where it was really strongly at play and I just wish I'd known. But, you know, obviously you can't go back and, and all of that. But, yeah, it's it's a very interesting um it's an interesting condition it is um there's different levels of it I'm obviously pretty highly functioning and um in a lot of ways it sort of helped me and it's a really big part of who I am and my success but it's it's yeah there's definitely parts of it that are still really hard hmm. well my two words for you are brilliant and well, brilliant. I was going to say brilliant and brilliant but you are brilliant and you're also an incredible writer and I was trying to think of a word that really um, covered that for me but yeah I would never associate you with stupid and lazy so just know that my friend thanks pal appreciate it
<laughs> right so shall we yeah, sorry. Uh, move into number one <laughs> i mean this this is that is quite a typical adhd thing to be very distracted and go off on a tangent which i am the queen of <laughs> yes um you might have to keep me on track um my first one is um outsourcing and delegating which might seem like a, a curious feel-good habit um but i think it's really good you know whether you've got adhd or not you know just to know know your strengths and know you know what you can feasibly afford to outsource um so not everyone you know can afford to outsource everything in their lives otherwise we probably would you know all be all outsource everything I know I definitely would um but I know for me I um if I take too much on if I over schedule things if I've got too much on my plate and I I feel really overwhelmed very quickly and then it means I don't do anything or I really stress and I really panic so um I guess for me, I I do tend towards having a really strong perfectionistic sense. Um, and a lot of people with ADHD do actually. But if I'm not able to do everything that I set on my to-do list or, you know, is on my plate, I feel quite, it makes me feel like I've failed. So the way that I outsource things is for me personally, I, um, I have a PT. Um, so that is how I outsource fitness because actually um you know taking myself off to the gym even you know even before the pandemic I found really hard the like the, the logistics of it even if you know I've actually got a gym in my building I've got to be totally honest with you so I've got no excuse <laughs> it's so bad it's so bad I do actually use that now by the way um but um yeah it's just for me having someone to be accountable to is really important it's not it's not you know not everyone needs that but for me I need to have somebody check in and just be like right you know are you on track to, I don't know, chase, like, you know, walk more this, this, you know, week or like increase your steps or, you know, whatever it is. And I, you know, taking the focus away from weight loss or anything like that, I think is really crucial. And, um, and for me, it actually, it's just about feeling stronger and building healthier habits. That's literally what I do with my personal trainer. I want, I want to build healthier habits. Um, so for me, having someone like that is really brilliant. So my PT is Luke Golden. Um, so I will, just want to shout him out because he's excellent and mega lols. Um, and then I also have um, a sort of a freelance ad hoc virtual PA who I will send things to um, to help me out as well, which is really great because there might be things that I know that I can do, but actually finding the time to do them is just not going to happen. So actually taking that one thing off my to do list, taking like away the control of it, because I'm quite control freak over stuff as well. It's actually, well, it's a good lesson for me, but it's also, it's good to, you know, it's good to hand that over if I can. I can't afford it all the time, but, you know, when I can, that's really super helpful. Um, and then um, I also have, um, I've got an ADHD coach as well, you know, so that's, you know, somebody who knows more about ADHD than I do, particularly, you know, this being a fairly new diagnosis as well. Having somebody who knows those things um, is super helpful to guide me through that and, yeah, I think, you know, there are so many people that's, you know, an accountant or, you know, whatever it happens to be or a cleaner or, you know, whatever you happen to need, if if you can afford to, and it doesn't have to be forever, but if there are periods where you need some help, I think outsource, get some help, delegate, which I know a lot of people have issues with, but I think sometimes we just need to do that. I think women in particular, we just think we need to do everything. We don't need to do everything. We're not proving anything to anyone. And it means that we end up being the bottom of our to-do list and that's not okay. And that's something I really struggle with. Being able to self-care for myself is probably one of my biggest struggles. Even very basic things that I think 
people would probably be quite shocked to know, but even sort of remembering to, I don't know, eat breakfast or shower or, you know, th- you know that's, that is actually a very big part of ADHD is, you know, being able to self-care because it just, I just can't remember to do it sometimes. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think that's a very big, important feel-good habit for me is being able to outsource and, and delegate and get help when I need it. You make a really good point about if you're constantly taking on everything, then you end up becoming the bottom of the pile when it comes to the priority list. But also you talked about personal trainers and cleaner and uh, a virtual assistant. And these, as you exactly rightly say, they can seem like an extravagance, but actually the way that you've just described it, they're absolutely not an extravagance at all. Yeah, if it makes your life better and easier and you know, gives you time because time is so valuable. I know people say this all the time and it's a bit cringe, but you know, like actually having time to do what you want to do is really, really valuable. You know, my mum always says this to me as well. She was like, you could spend three hours cleaning your flat in a, you know, not, not doing it very well, which is how I clean. <laughs> um, or you can outsource this to someone who is actually really good at it and you're helping them as well, which is awesome. And, you know, you get that three hours then to go for a walk or see see mates or, you know, do something that you really want to do that really lights you up. And I think that's what you get back from outsourcing is time. Mm. Um, and I know that, you know, I know that is a money thing as well. So it's not always outsourcing it to other people. It might be outsourcing, I don't know, for example, can you set up a recurring Tesco delivery so that it's outsourced you know there is something you don't have to worry about that basically you know you just add what you need to your basket for the week or whatever it, mm. it's it's finding those like little ways to outsource something maybe even to an app um there's an app that I use actually I'm trying at the moment which I quite enjoy and it's called Brilly which sort of out, it, it almost like puts in your your, your morning day-to-day routine so like you can outsource things to apps as well that was free so it's not always about spending money I think mm. it is just getting that extra help yeah I think you're you're a hundred percent right and I think as well it makes me think of uh thinking that anybody who outsources or who has all of this help in inverted commas is somehow spoiled or lazy or um princessy or precious and the way that you're describing it well it's none of those things is it it's, a, it's just a fundamental self-care if you're you're not going to get enjoyment or you know you're not very good about uh, cleaning or you know um, it doesn't spark joy as you might say but someone else will and you can use that time then actually it's just it's just a game of organizational mental tetris isn't it it's like it makes sense to outsource that one yeah I think so absolutely cool I like that one very much okay so where are we for habit number two so habit number two um so this is in a sort of similar vein um this is something this is probably my biggest thing I'm trying to I guess overcome um, is planning and sort of you know tracking and, and that sort of thing. I guess it's very basic organisation. It's it's something I really struggle with. I have always struggled with it, um, and I now know why, which is excellent. <laughs> um, but I've just never been able to organise my time. I find it really hard. I over I sort of I underestimate how long things take, which is a big ADHD trait. Um, and yeah, I think I think for me being able to work out systems that work um, has been really helpful and planning and tracking for those things has, has been really great. So um, I guess some of the ways I do that, um, and you know, this might not be for everyone, but one of the ways I do that is, so the app I mentioned, Brilly is really good and that's really good to help me sort of create a morning routine and help you stick to it. So basically you put in your routine, whatever it, 
you know, it happens to be mine is sort of an hour. And within that hour, I will do some journaling. I'll do like a very quick workout. I will do some meditation. And it just gives you the time slots for it. So within that hour, so it's sort of, I guess you can kind of track how long you're taking to do those things, but also um, you just know that that's, you've got to do that next thing. So you sort of just sit there and do it, which is great. Um, I think it's actually aimed at kids um, and it's it's getting kids to build routines. I think that's what the app is for, but um, it is a good one. Um, I make reminders for myself on Canva um, of very beautiful, um, like, so I make them really, really pretty and then I stick them up in places because I've got very, I mean, Emma can see the back of my flat. It's, it's a little bit messy at the moment because I'm doing a big life organised, but generally speaking, I've got a very, very strong aesthetic sense and I like everything in my life to be really beautiful. So actually making these little reminders on Canva um, is really good. So I just sort of make them pretty and then I print them out and it might be anything from I've got one to remind me to take my vitamins so I've got that stuck in my kitchen um I've got one in my bathroom to remind me to I don't know do whatever I need to do remind me to floss or whatever it is you know <laughs> it's, I've got them like all over my flat and they're, they're good and it is you know that is a form of outsourcing in itself it's going you know what I can't remember all of this myself I've got a million and one things on I'm going to just plan this and put it up somewhere and you know just 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 have that organized um and then um it's what I will say is it's quite embarrassing when people come over because I think they're a bit like why have you got all these weird little <laughs> things to remind you to do really basic things like brush your teeth but <laughs> ADHD life sometimes I just need that and yeah yeah it is it is what it is um and then in terms of my sort of day-to-day -day stuff so one thing that's really really working for me in terms of planning is planning out my day on paper um so I use sort of just like the apple calendar and stuff and I put everything in there etc but um I've got this really great planner and it's called the high performance planner and my ADHD coach actually told me about it and it's really really good and it, it gives you loads of questions that essentially ask you what you want to achieve for the day because I do think quite often, and I know this is what I did before, I was a real slave to my email or my to-do list that actually wasn't helping me achieve my goals. And there was a real disconnect there. And I was like, I am not really, it didn't feel like I was moving forward with the things I wanted to achieve. I was just fighting fires constantly. So sorry to interrupt, but is that because as emails were coming in, you were just handling them then yeah. and there rather than, right? Yeah. And, you know, if someone was like, I need you to do this, actually, you know, sometimes those things can wait and we don't have to be beholden to people on email, etc. And um, yeah, it really helped me just, you know, pick the three, like it asks you to pick your top three priorities for the, for the day, which is great because I have a real tendency to think I can do 500 things in a day because I want to and I'm a perfectionist. And I want to do those things, but, you know, physically you just cannot. So it asks you to pick three things, which is really good for me because it means I don't go over that and I stick to that. Um, and it just, it asks you all the different things you might need in your day. You know, do I need to check in with something, someone? Um, there's a really good question in there that really works for me as well, which is um, it asks you if there's anything else that you want to do that you don't have time to do right now. And for me, that's such a big thing because, I'm trying to sort of organize different parts of my flat and my life, but I want to do it all at once because I want it done. Mm. Actually to be able to go, right, do you know what? I can't organize my kitchen this week. I'm going to just like, I'm going to write that down and my brain's acknowledges it. So that's cool, but I just can't do it. Um, so it is, it's good to kind of work out your priorities and what you want to achieve for each day. And, and, you know, then at the end of the day, I do, I do feel a lot better having used mm. it because I'm actually hitting 
targets and everyone likes to tick a box right we all like to achieve stuff so that's been really good for me um and i'm trying to think what else i used for planning um i also use trello um which is free which is good and i that's really good for me to brain dump ideas because my mind is constant with ideas and it, sometimes it is quite overwhelming so i'm able to just brain dump them and just put them somewhere in categories do you find in the pandemic when we've been less social that that have constantly having ideas has changed in any way and the reason I'm asking you is for this reason so I like you live by myself and I'm plodding along doing my work being quite hard on myself trying to be a bit of a perfectionist mm-hmm. trying to achieve everything trying to get Arnold Schwarzenegger on the podcast <laughs> and <laughs> when oh. am I not <laughs> and um and I was on a call recently, and as soon as I said one idea, it was as if I was thinking in the back of my mind, oh, for goodness sake, Emma, shut up, shut up, shut up, because I said, what about we do this, or why didn't we do that? And then all of a sudden, just the uh, connection and interaction with other people fired everything, and it just started shooting out of my mouth on this Zoom call. Have you found that you have remained an idea factory, or do you think that actually you've noticed that when you're out and about and you're interacting with other people that you've you've had your creativity fired up? Um, I guess I'm, I think I've always I've always got a constant stream of ideas. They sort of never end, um, <laughs> which is that people who work with me are, are like usually like oh my god, like because I am in brainstorms. I am like this. I've always got an idea for something. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I think during the pandemic, I don't know if it's made it any worse, but I do definitely relate to what you said about, you know, if you living like living on my own as well. When you speak to someone and you haven't like had enough interaction with people, all of this you do a lot comes out, and it's because we do need human connection. And I think mm. if this year has taught us anything is that we do need that, and that's you know that's not just people who live on their own. There is a lot of loneliness in you know other places there you know people can be in couples or you know families and feel lonely and feel unseen and feel unheard and um within different communities so yeah I think I think we've really I don't know for me I've really valued community so Mm. yeah that's that's yeah interesting that you mentioned that um but you're still a stone cold stone cold ideas machine (laughs) oh yeah always got an idea always got a hair cream scam not scam (laughs) an idea, a scam, a scheme, that's the word, scheme, not a scam. I've never never worked with you, but I feel like now I wish that we got to work on a project together just so I could see this in in an in-person brainstorm. Anyway, (laughs) um, let's move on to habit number three. Number three. Um, So, yeah, um, so I guess this is sort of almost part of outsourcing is it's just having free time, um, I think is a really good feel-good habit. I think, you know, we do have a, a tendency to sort of you know structure everything in and you know all of that sort of stuff and I you know I do that I do structure my free time a little bit but just having space to enjoy the things that really light you up I think is so crucial Um, and hopefully you know a lot of people have reconnected with that during the pandemic you know so many people are writing and knitting and baking and you know whatever it happens to be and often it is those really really simple things that are super enjoyable Mm. that we just end up being distracted from Um, so for me I um, I really do schedule time to enjoy those things. So I guess one of them for me, and if you follow me on Instagram, you, <laughs> it's a slight diversion from my sort of beauty journalism stuff, but I am really obsessed with history and very geeky about history. And actually, weirdly, I've got a real 
brain that sort of soaks up historical facts in quite a scary way. So history is the re- I, I just love history, and it's it's a big part of my book as well, which is which is which is fun. Um, so yeah, I I watch a lot of um, historians talk about geeky historic things, and I do. So if you are interested in history in any way, there is a great um, website called Footprints of London. That um, well, this is just London history, obviously, but they do virtual walking tours of London, and I've learned so much, and they're so fascinating, and they're so brilliant, and there's a really nice sense of community as well. And quite often, so for example, I did one about um, areas of London that were blitzed in the war, and um, then a lady came on who had, you know, who was, who was a child during that time, and like talked about it, and like there were some really lovely, like priceless moments like that, um, and it's a nice sense of community, but. I guess the wider issue is just making sure that you schedule in time to enjoy the stuff you love. And like, even if that, you know, isn't valuable to anyone else or it is, you know, geeky stuff or whatever it happens to be, is it, I don't know, it might even just be. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, watching Real Housewives, you know, which I'm a big fan of and I know EG is as well. It might just be that, you know. It, it could be whatever it is, just scheduling the time to do stuff that you love. It's so important. I totally agree. And actually your tours of London sparked a memory for me because you did, um, and these are, you do share them on your Instagram stories and I go on these journeys with you. And you talked about Cock Lane, which was the the lane in London, East London, that was where, was it, um, sex work was legal back yeah, in the it was day. Yeah, it was the only street that sex week, uh, sex week, sex work was, uh, <laughs> sex work was late, uh, legal, um, which is literally why it's called Cock Lane, which is really interesting. And, and because it's in Smithfields Market in London, which is the area, sort of like, I guess the meatpacking um, district is, is what you'd call it. A lot of people think it's where chickens were sold. And it's, oh, literally, no. it's literally where, yeah. It's Jack the Ripper's sort of turf as well, isn't it? That kind of area. But it, so I went on, you know, that... Um, listeners london tourist buses obviously you've got the red ones but there's a black one that does um and i've I've forgotten what it's called but it's essentially like a murder mystery tour of london or a halloween tour of london spooky tour. oh the necro bus i've I've done that yeah and i took my friend abby on it years and years and years ago and the guy who did the tour bit that the guy at the front was so hilarious and the bus pulls up and we don't realise we're on Cock Lane and they say, you know, look out of the right hand side of the bus. And he's just lying in the street, on like propped up with the microphone talking about Cock Lane. And we were, it was just this ridiculous sight that we were crying laughing and I screen grabbed your story and sent it to her and said, oh my goodness, this has reminded me of that bus tour that we did. And it must have been about, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago, nine years ago. Oh, amazing. That sounds great. So thank you for your service. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> okay, where, where are we for your next habit? Um, yes, yeah, so number four. Um, so my other feel-good habit, and this is, again, something I talk a lot about on social media, but um, is self-development and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there is a dark side to this because I think in the past, I, I've always been really into self-help and stuff like that. It's just always been part of my life because my dad actually is is really into stuff like that um so I always remember driving in the car with him and he used to listen to like Tony Robbins tapes like set tapes really old school um 
so I've I've always been in that and you know Oprah we'd, he'd, he'd all like this is great my dad would always subscribe to Oprah magazine and stuff so I've always had that sort of language in my my house I guess mm. um but for me it was it became dark where I think I was always looking to fix myself um because I thought I was broken I was like why can't I organize myself what's wrong with me why am I so stupid why can't I organize myself why can't I do this really basic thing and obviously I know what that is now but yeah I definitely used it to berate myself which I think a lot of people can do and there's it's very easy to slip into that mindset you know you know regardless of whether you've got ADHD or not it's really easy to use that to just make yourself feel rubbish and that's not what it's about I don't think for me and I don't think it should be for anyone it shouldn't make you feel rubbish and you know self-development and spirituality and whatever way that you engage with those things is is really just about connecting back to yourself I think and, and working out what you need because chances are you probably have the you know you have the answers and it it's just that we don't get the time to to sit and think and work those things out for ourselves so yeah that's a really big part of my life actually a very very big part so as I said you know I journal in the morning and that is really great for me um I do a lot of sort of self-hypnosis stuff um which I I'm really interested in that area um did you um listen to or I just had a, a guy on the podcast called Andrew Parr and it was fascinating mm. and he uses hypnotherapy psychotherapy hypnosis coaching and counseling exactly as you were saying it's it's not that there's anything wrong with you it's it's already there everything you need you just sometimes need to dig down beneath some of these barriers you put up to protect yourself in order to find the answers but you don't need to that's one thing you don't need to outsource it's actually all within you yeah definitely um hypnosis is really brilliant actually because it is accessing those subconscious things that trip us up and we just we sometimes don't know how they link to our behaviors and being able to sort of work those out for yourself and sometimes you do, you do need some help doing that and that's you know awesome um but being able to work those things out I think is really crucial to working out you know why you feel a certain way or etc so yeah I do I do do that in the morning so I have a little journaling session I do meditation as well and I think with meditation as well we're sort of told that there is this one way to do it you know download the car map or get headspace or blah blah blah. you've got to find what works for you they do not work for me somebody talking at me does not work for me Mm -hmm. so for me vedic meditation which is a mantra based meditation which i did through the london meditation center i think um it's really really brilliant it's 20 minutes it's meant to be twice a day i do it once a day um and that's really great it's really quiet and calming and it, it just sort of centers me and I definitely notice a real difference if I don't do it. It's just my whole day is just a little bit more chaotic if I don't do it. And I, I react to things better if I do it. So that, that's a big thing. So finding those things that really work for you. And, I, you know, I've, there's some great people you can follow online that talk about these things as well. And finding the right people that really resonate with you. You know, I, I would sort of suggest because I know there's a lot of people in wellness and self-help and all of those things it's really tempting to just go for the super, super, you know, the, the ones that Instagram is promoting basically, but just find the people that really resonate with you, find the people that maybe come from, you know, you sort of see yourself in, in some ways, I think can be really helpful. Um, I think particularly um, in terms of diversity, if, if, you know, it can be really hard to sometimes relate to someone who doesn't necessarily have your experience. So find, finding people that really relate, you really relate to, I think is really good. Um, and yeah, just finding out what works for you. And that might be, you know, it could be anything. So for me, I also practice witchcraft, which is something I, I do talk about sometimes as well. Um, 
and I've made that my own as well I don't follow you know this set thing I sort of I bring in sort of elements of you know Hinduism as well within that and I sort of create my own routine and that is great but it is just about making it your own and not feeling like you have to do this one thing because this is what everyone else is doing. AB, I'm going to need to ask you, what the hell is witchcraft? <laughs> like, seriously, like, because my reference point that I'm coming into this conversation with is the craft. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of people probably in their teenage years dabbled in witchcraft and that sort of thing. And I guess in a very simple way, witchcraft is just, um, it is about connection and connecting to yourself, connecting to nature. Um, there is Wicca, which is a religion, which is different. Um, so I, I'm not Wicca, but I do practice witchcraft. So that's what Willow is in Buffy. Again, you see the reference points I'm using. I'm in. I'm here for please, it. Please educate. <laughs> please educate me and my most excellent listeners. <laughs> but witchcraft, yeah, witchcraft is different, and it, you know, there are different forms of it that it comes from different cultures. Um, so I guess how I identify is as an eclectic witch. So I, I take different elements that really resonate with me, and that means anything so there are spells uh, and that sort of thing that I do do um but they're very much just really intentional rituals that sort of connect back to yourself um and connect back to the seasons so this is one of my favorite areas of the witchcraft I practice is is plant magic where you do use plants in a really healing way and you can use them cre to create amazing teas and that sort of thing I've got to be you know you've got to know what you're doing etc um but it is just really connecting back to yourself and I guess within that there are there are elements of the sort of esoteric world that I'm very into you know I, I do read tarot I don't do that for other people but I, I do do it for me um etc and I'm very into astrology and and all of that sort of stuff that I guess people would consider woo I actually don't consider it super woo because it's it is you know there are elements of that are a part of my culture actually you know astrology and and that sort of spiritual side is definitely a big part of the Hinduism that I grew up with um so I don't really consider it woo but um but all of those things help me connect back to myself and help me feel grounded and feel really healing and calming um and it's it is just about finding out what works for you yeah but it, okay so for someone who's listening to this and they think witchcraft and they think spells and they think making people fall in love with you or mm -hmm. I don't know controlling yeah. the tides it's none of that it's none of that no you can't you've got no control over other people which is you know that's what life is that's like life. yeah you don't have any control over other people you've got control over what you do um you you know there are certain things you know that you can potentially use I, you know crystals and stuff like that I'm not super into crystals if I'm honest but um just it is just being really intentional and just making sure that you know what you want and you know why you want it and just to helping that I guess manifest in a way um it is quite complicated to explain because it's so vast um but it is, it is really just about looking inwards and, and connecting to the seasons, connecting to nature and yeah, just, just um, using your own power as a, a source of guidance. So yeah, so it is, it's understanding that you are, it, it's attaching worth to the things that you want, you feel. So it's a, it's a positive practice. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the other thing about witchcraft as well, in, in the way that I practice it, is that I do have, I guess you would call it a coven. And, you know, that is the WhatsApp group name. Um, but, um, you know, it is a community as well. And it is really it's really special. Obviously, before the pandemic, you know, we'd all have a, have a couple of bottles of wine and, you know, we like we would do our rituals and we would do them all together and having people, you know, help you and having that 
that sort of community is really really powerful and also mm -hmm. having people want those things for you and wish the best for you is really lovely um so there is the you know there can be a community element as well which i think is really special but you know everyone who practices witchcraft does it completely differently so yeah it's, it's a big topic no i really and i really appreciate you actually uh talking about it because i think it would be very easy to dismiss it but um from the way that you're describing it it's actually quite an empowering practice which yeah i'm all for yeah. Yeah, it is absolutely. And, you know, it doesn't have to be super elaborate. You know, there are bar spells or there are, you know, there are small things that you can do that actually just have an element of sort of ritual to them um, mm. that are really, I guess, magical in a way. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's something I do. Not for everyone, but that's totally cool. Okay. Now let's lead us into habit number five, my friend. Yeah, habit number five. So this might sound a little bit shallow, but um, <laughs> no more shallow than my uh, Real Housewives earlier. Um, Do not come for the Real Housewives AB. <laughs> we, need to talk about Salt Lake City. we need to talk about Salt Lake City at some point. Maybe that is we, another conversation. That's an offline conversation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, so for me, um, one of my feel good habits is making sure that I am surrounded by or indulging in beauty, obviously, beauty journalists part of my life but also luxury so I think being, being able to identify areas that give you a lot of joy is really special and I think we all need to do that and I've obviously mentioned that earlier a little bit with you know finding like carving out space for you to do the things that you enjoy but for me it's it's about making sure that these areas and there are a couple of others I've got as well but beauty and luxury are two of the biggest ones that making sure that those areas run throughout as much of my life as I can and that I hit them every day so beauty for me, um, you know, that's not just putting makeup on every day. That's not just, you know, doing my, doing my morning facial routine or whatever it happens to be. That's actually everything from making sure I go out into nature or um, making sure that I am just hitting. It could even be, you know, making sure that I tidy my desk so that it looks beautiful, so that it really pleases me aesthetically. Does sound shallow, but actually these small things, if they mean something to us, you know, if they're important to us, that is such a sense of joy. So actually one of my feel good habits is to make sure that I bring an aspect of beauty into my life. And, you know, there is beauty in so much. As I said, there is beauty in nature, there's beauty in conversations, there, there is beauty in connection. And bringing that into your life, if it is important to you, is I think really valuable. Um, so then luxury, my other one, which also sounds like I am super bougie. I am a little bit, I'm not gonna lie, but, um, you know, luxury comes from like having time and having space. Luxury comes from um, cooking a meal is luxurious and having the time and like putting, you know, I know people say this all the time, but you know, putting out a place setting is luxurious. Um, it's all of those kinds of things or like a, a really big thing for me is I love interiors and I've got, I mean, it's a mess at the moment as Emma can see, but I've got quite a strong aesthetic as well. So actually for me doing Pinterest boards is one of my favorite things in the entire world and I, I will say I do think Pinterest is very underused I think we should all be on Pinterest because it's so joyful and you can get so much visual inspiration it just hits that beauty and luxury and inspired and creativity thing for me um in a, in a much healthier way I think than Instagram because there Absolutely, is a lot yeah. of you know oh their life is better than mine on Instagram and you know it's I think it can it can make us quite compare Instagram but Pinterest is just a source of joy um 
uh, yeah, I should probably do their PR. I love Pinterest. Pinterest is, I remember doing some work with Pinterest a little while ago and they were very adamant. They were very clear. It is not a social media platform. It's not social networking. It is a visual search engine. Yeah. That you And it's yeah. like when you screen grab a picture of something that you like and you keep it in your camera roll or uh, when Bryony Blake came on here, she said, keep a, create an album that's just pictures that you love. That's essentially Pinterest. Yeah. Absolutely. It is just a great place to put stuff you love. And when they sort of suggest things that you might like as well, that's really brilliant. And you find new mm. things. And it, I, yeah, I love, I'm so here for Pinterest. I think it's awesome. Um, and yeah, that's, that's a really big thing. And I guess, yeah, it hits, it hits all of that for me where I am getting that hit of beauty and luxury and of sort of visual stimuli. It's quite hard to sort of put a, a term to quantify that feel good habit, but mm. I think it is just working out maybe it's like three or four things that you know you really love and it could be one could be nature one could be I don't know um gosh community or connection or whatever it happens to be but just working out what those things are that are really important to you and yeah just indulging in them I think is really crucial they're lovely what brilliant habits Anita yeah they're quite I feel like they're a bit airy fairy Well, no, they're not actually, because they're grounded in good sense. I mean, you you threw me a curveball with witchcraft, but I think I get it a bit more now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a curveball. And I think it's really misunderstood. But, you know, as I said, it's not for everyone. If, you know, that doesn't work for you, maybe it is the Calm app. That is awesome. You know, I actually really like Insight Timer as a meditation tool. I think that's really, really good. I need to listen to the um, sleep story that Harry Styles did. Oh, yeah. On Calm. I think that might that might be quite helpful for me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great way to get to sleep. <laughs> yeah, Harry Styles talking to you. Anyway, um, these have been genuinely really wonderful and I've also really uh, loved your explanation of them, but I really, really appreciate you being open right at the top of the show about your ADHD diagnosis because I know that uh, that's still relatively new. It's something you're figuring out. But um, as you said, it's something that actually quite a lot of people, particularly in our age category, are finding out that they've been dealing with their whole lives, but they're finding out in their late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, I, I think that is going to be increasingly a thing. I, I think personally, I, I just think a lot of people, it's, it's harder to diagnose ADHD in women. Um, like it is with Asperger's and autism and et cetera as well. Um, and because women just, girls and women present slightly differently. So I think there is going to be a real generation of people who have been, I guess, not not diagnosed. And also I think lockdown brought it brought really, I guess it really showed people when, when you have to work from home without the structure of being in an office, yeah. I think that's where a lot of people came unstuck and were like, oh my God, why can't I do anything? Or like, you know, why am I struggling with this? And I think that was a big catalyst as well. So yeah, it's definitely going to be a conversation I think that's going to be heard a lot more. Now you used two words at the top of the show when you were talking about um, ADHD that you would use to describe yourself. I shan't repeat them, but there's a third that you mm-hmm. didn't mention, but you've said it to me privately before and it is the name of your book. So do you want to tell listeners about your book? Yes. That is, that is my other word. Yeah. So my other word is ugly, which is a big word, a big loaded, very complex word. And yeah, it is the name of my book, which is coming out next May. You can pre-order it. Um, and I, I need to get a little bit better at this spiel because it's, I'm in the middle of writing it. So there is so much like going around my head, but basically 
Ugly is part memoir. It talks about my experiences growing up um, as a, a plus size um, woman of colour in, in South Wales. Um, but it also it also looks at different areas within the idea of ugly um, that, you know, we sort of that really make us miserable. And that, you know, that's everything to, you know, our, our bodies, to um, our skin tone, to um, literally there are just so so many areas that we we have these ideas these sort of societal constructs of what you know is beautiful and what is ugly and if we don't you know sit within that or you know wherever we sit within that it, it can really it can make us feel awful and it can shadow every aspect of our lives from our how we work to our self-esteem to our relationships to literally everything so ugly this is my book I was gonna say this book but I really need to own it my book um it looks at the historical, the sort of scientific, the psychological aspects um, and the cultural aspects as well, because pop culture really defines things for us, I think. Mm. Um, and it looks at all of those aspects and sort of, I guess it, it is almost a self-help book in a way where it, it just goes, look, this is not your fault that you feel this way. This is how this myth has been created. This is how, you know, this idea of what is beautiful and what isn't has been created and you shouldn't feel shit about yourself anymore is this sort of the way that it, it, I'm yeah that's the way I'm selling the book today but it is it's it's quite an in-depth sort of like geeky read as well so there's some great facts in there that will probably shock you and a very good sort of dinner table conversation as well oh interesting I can't I can't wait to read it and I remember and I'm trying to remember how many years ago it was but do you remember when we met in a cafe just off Tottenham Court Road and you told me about it I was like for goodness sake write it <laughs> yes yeah that is always yeah that is always <laughs> Emma's advice to me just do it but I can't because I have to agonize over it and perfectionize it and that's not work but you know what I mean yeah perfectionize it I think you should trademark that, that can be the next book <laughs> perfectionize yeah oh yeah maybe I should uh, coin that trademark it I reckon if Paris Hilton can trademark that's hard then you can do perfectionize definitely okay it's a a hashtag if nothing else anita these have been really wonderful and i really appreciate your generosity listeners the links to anita to the many things that she has mentioned because she's going to email me those links are going to be in the show notes and the link to pre-order ugly by anita bagwandas will be in the show notes but for now thank you so much for returning and joining me and sharing your feel-good habits no worries thank you everyone for listening as well Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.